Hello and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast by Mark Madavan. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Welcome again to Waypoint Church Online. We're so uh, glad that you can join us, whether you're joining us via YouTube or Church Online or the old traditional podcast. We're really glad that you're connecting up with us as a church. Uh, our prayer is that you might connect with God, but also connect with other people as well. So if you're uh, uh, with us on online, please write notes, please um, ask questions, prayer requests, or social media or emails, or even phone us. Uh, we want to keep uh, in contact with you and to hear where, where you are and how we can help and how we can keep connecting. It's really great that we're not just gathering on a Sunday like this um, or whatever day you're watching it, is that we are also doing things um, from our church Uh, We are doing this help hub and helping so many families in our local area. Uh, Some great news this week. We had another grant given to us, just over a thousand pounds. And uh, and also people are giving uh, food and so many good things. Thank you for your generosity. Uh, We are making a difference in our community, sharing the practical love of God in so many ways. Uh, Also, I know a lot of people are connecting in in small groups um, on the Zoom prayer meeting on Thursdays and on the church quiz and uh, we are connecting and it's so important to remember that church is the people we are the church and as we connect together in lots of different ways uh, so we grow and we connect more with God and more with one another before we uh, jump into some worship and uh, the sermon for this morning or this afternoon um, I'd like us to just to, to pause and to pray so let's just do that together Father we thank you We thank you that you are a God who's the same yesterday, today and forever. God, I thank you that you have something to say to us right now. God, I thank you that you know where we are. You know whether we're feeling high or feeling low and you have something to say to us. But Father, I pray that we may also bring something to you. We may bring open hearts and willingness, a willingness to engage with you and to hear from you and to be changed because of you. Father, accept our worship, accept our attention, Father, and meet us, I pray. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you are part of the wider church family, you would have received an email that has some links to some worship. Uh, I want to encourage you to engage in worship, to spend some time where you just pause and to, to lift your eyes and lift your voice towards God. There's something incredible that happens in worship in that we encounter God and we get changed to become more like Christ as we open ourselves up to, to give, God, give God glory and to receive more of his grace. So, so whether you want to do that now or at the end, I want to encourage you to, to worship with God. In our Sundays together, we're looking at the book of Daniel and under the title of Living in Plan B, we all are facing situations that wouldn't be our first choice, whether it's the lockdown or whether it's at work or other situations that you may find yourself in. It is, it's not usually our plan A, our top one plan that we want. And we find ourselves in a plan B of not our choice. The book of Daniel shows us how do we have a faith that, that doesn't just survive, but thrives living in plan B. And this morning uh, we are looking at Daniel chapter three, one of the stories that is probably the most famous, well, one of the most famous ones in the entire Bible of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego as they face the fiery furnace. So if you have your Bibles, um, turn up into Daniel chapter three 
and Sarah is now going to read the whole chapter for us. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, six cubits high and six cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Jura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisers, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisers, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into a blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisers, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly your majesty. 
he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, prefects, governors and all the royal advisers crowded around him. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched. There was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other god can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now I'm sure that's, you'll agree with me, that's an incredible story. And it's also a very difficult, challenging plan B that they faced. Because I'm sure, like me, most of us who are in lockdown or even out of lockdown, we haven't faced the threat of being thrown into a fiery furnace because of our faith. However, what we, many of us have encountered, I think probably most of us will encounter along our journey of faith, are moments where our faith is under fire. When our faith is under pressure and we face a face a situation where we're not sure of the way out. Uh, we feel like all of our options have been closed down. We feel a bit overwhelmed uh, and the way seems just impossible. And here in Daniel 3, what we see is that the third truth of how do we live in plan B. In, in Daniel 1, it was about guarding our hearts. In Daniel 2, is about living a life of faith. In Daniel 3, what we see here is we need to learn to stand firm in our faith. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they, they give us three pointers, three lessons on how we stand firm in our faith. The first one is this, is that, that they knew who they were following. A, a number of years ago, uh, Kathy and I were on holiday in France uh, and one day we went for a day trip um, to go for a walk in a forest. We parked in a public car park and we're trying to work out where we went and we saw this, this guy with a dog and they went following a path and we thought, well, that seems like a good as path as any. Um, so we started following him and along this, this way between the trees and the man was walking a lot faster than us with his dog and, and soon he got out of our sight but we still carried on following that path that we saw him going on and then we discovered that we couldn't re really even hear his dog anymore and and to be honest, we couldn't really see the path. There's a lot of trees and we're going that we're not sure if we're on the path or not. So it's best to sort of turn around to make sure we're on secure ground. We turned around and suddenly discovered the path that we thought we're following wasn't actually a path. We were just weaving between trees and, and thought it was a path, but it didn't exist. So we thought, okay, that's not good. So we began to plot our way back and, and, and go in trees and taking the direction that we thought we came. And then we noticed the ground began to slope away. And what we did remember is we did not climb any, any sort of slopes going up. So going down a slope now seemed a bit odd. And then we came across a river and we definitely did not cross a river on the way out. And we had this sinking feeling that, that we're lost. In fact, worse than that, 
We're lost in the middle of France and no one knew who we were or where we were. It, it was one of those moments that you're thinking, this could be really, really bad. And so we, we panicked, and, and, and but we plotted. We thought we can do this. How do we go? And we were listening out and going, well, do we go downhill or uphill? And then we heard a car and we're going, our cars go on roads. So if we head towards where we heard the car, and we'll find a road, roads lead to something. So we were climbing and then we saw the road and it was up this massive steep cliff and we thought, do we have to climb that? And eventually we got to the road and, and we did survive, just to let you know, we did survive. But it was one of those experiences that, uh, that, that told us is, you know, who you follow is quite important. It, what this has to do with our reading, in Daniel 3, uh, you'll notice that one person is very noticeable by his, noticeable by his absence. Uh, Daniel doesn't appear in chapter 3. Now in chapter 1 and in chapter 2, Daniel is the, the key focus of faith. He's the one who spoke to the guard and asked them if they could restrict the food they ate. In chapter 2, he was the one who asked the king for a little bit more time to interpret the dream. Daniel's the one who God revealed Nebuchadnezzar's dream to. And then again, Daniel was the one who shared the dream to the king. Now, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they appear in both of those chapters and are with Daniel. But Daniel is sort of the star, is, the, is that leading faith person. And yet here in chapter three, Daniel doesn't appear. Now, where he is, we're not actually told. We get a little hint at the end of chapter two because Daniel works in a different place to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So, so maybe Daniel was working at a different place and, and was working away. We don't know. But what we do know is in this real pressure moment where they're facing a firing line is that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they, they knew who they were following. You know, I think that sometimes our faith can get a bit shaky because what we do is we, we put our hope in, in people or we put our hope in the wrong person, in, in a minister or a certain man or woman of, of faith. or uh, we, we put our hope in, in gathering together in certain ways on a Sunday. We do church like this. We do small group like that. And as soon as we lose sight, that person isn't there um, or the church and Sunday, the normalities around us change is we suddenly find ourselves uh, questioning and, and, and a bit uncertain and maybe even panicking a little bit. Please hear me correctly. God does anoint women and men of faith to lead us. God also um, specially um, blesses us when we gather together and we worship him together. There's a real important place for that. But one thing, the first thing we learn from Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego about standing firm is know who you're following. Or in the words of Jesus, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. It is I am the way. It, it's not other people. Follow me. Because they knew, and Jesus knew, and I hope you will know, is that Jesus, that God is the one who saves. He's the one who comes alongside us. He's the one who brings forgiveness. He's the one who brings love. He is the one who brings security. And that's what these guys knew. And that's how they're able to stand firm as they knew who they were following. It's also interesting to notice something else in the passage, because uh, um, how they were uh, focused on about not bowing, it wasn't the case as often as projecting. If you ever watch a VeggieTale or other stories, what happens is there's this big idol and loads of people, the band kicks in, everyone bows down, and then there's these three guys standing there going, I'm not doing it. And that wasn't the case. Check out Daniel chapter 3, verse 8. It said there are some astrologers who basically had it 
had a problem with the Jews. Verse 12, it, they, he said, King they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, see, these guys have, don't really follow you. They don't do what you say. Basically, it was a setup. It wasn't that everyone spotted. These guys are standing up. They were set up. But if you go a little deeper, what that shows is Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they're standing firm in their faith. They're knowing the one they follow wasn't just at that point of crisis. It was in their everyday lives. These people who had a problem with them, they knew that that day in, day out, that these guys, they, they spoke about God. They involved God. God was part of their everyday lives. See, the way we stand in our faith, in the face of firing lines, in the face of extreme pressure, is by following Jesus in our everyday life. For that training, that pattern helps us to stand in our faith, is knowing who we follow in our everyday helps us to stand firm when we face that crisis. So that's what the first thing they did, is they knew who they were following. The second thing uh, we see that they did was this, is they put God first. Right at the beginning of chapter three, uh, Nebuchadnezzar builds this massive gold uh, statue, this idol, and he tells everybody that when the band kicks in, you are to bow down. It's you're to acknowledge me first. Now, what he was doing politically, he was trying to unite the nation. As in, you know, there's lots of different gods and lots of distractions and things. And he's saying, if you're all united around me and putting me first, and then you tuck everything else in second, that will unite us. See, but Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they know in Exodus 20, where, where God gives his instructions of how to, to live life, the Ten Commandments. The first commandment is this, it is to, to have no other gods before me. See, Nebuchadnezzar was directly challenging. What he's saying, he wasn't wiping out all the religions. He said, look, acknowledge me first and put everything else second. So he's saying, you know, put me first and put God second. And, and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they're saying, no, we're not going to do that because we, we're putting God first. I, I think that challenge is still with us today. Now, we don't have a 90 foot golden tower. Uh, idol that we have to bow before but our culture says there are puts other gods in our place that we are to acknowledge first and put God in second. Um, a chap a writer called Tillich he says whatever concerns you the most whatever you think about the most uh, whatever uh, sort of impacts your life the most that is your God. The gods of our culture are, are the gods of, of wealth the gods of happiness uh, of of Having, having peace, I mean, there, there's some good things. But if they come before God, if we say sort those things out first and, and fit God in afterwards, it's the same challenge that these guys were facing. It's interesting, I think one of the key gods of, of today in our, our era is also the God of me. I mean, not Mark, um, but the God of ourselves. As a, you know, do, be true to yourself. Do what you think is best. It, it's, it's more part about you. And, and that's what we're forever being pressured and shown. And, and when the music plays is acknowledge yourself first and fit God in. Because our culture, many places our culture don't, don't say, you know, don't believe in God. What it says is do this first and fit God in. And scripture says, no, don't do that. Have no gods before me. In the words of Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things will be added. It will follow. You know, during this lockdown, that lockdown period, it's so much has gone online. I mean, you're watching this now uh, online. And uh, last week, 
apparently Zoom, the platform Zoom crashed because so many churches were using Zoom, which I think is fantastic. And don't you wish you took out shares in Zoom? Uh, but, but here's the thing. I wonder if you're like me at times when you're on your computer or something and you're, you, something happens, you're not really sure what to do. You press buttons and hope for the best. I think you know, when it works like we expect, that's great. But when it doesn't quite work out, you, you just press things and hope for the best. How many people like me, you found that something's appeared on your screen and you're not really sure how it got there, how to change it or how to do it again. I think sometimes we can find ourselves approaching life like that is we jump in, we do this, we do that. And then we're going, oh, I'm a bit confused. I don't know what to do. God, will you come in and sort out this mess? The second lesson that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego knew about standing firm is that putting God first. Not just about following the right person, because it's one thing to acknowledge, oh, God, you're God. But it's also putting his ways into our everyday lives. How do we do that? Uh, Jim did, talked about that last week from um, Daniel chapter two. It's about stopping, giving some space. So don't just get pushed along by circumstances and, and things in life. It's actually purposely pause. And then to pray and say, God, will you speak into this? God, what do you have to say about that? Give some space for God to speak. He involved others in there as well and other Christians and other people to, to say, God, together, let's listen to what God might be saying. And then to praise and saying, God, it's about you. It's about you. See, for what Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego tell us is the way to, to live for God in plan B is to, to learn to stand firm in our faith. For then we face the firing line. We can face it as we know the person we're following and we put God first. The last thing is this, is that they allowed God to be God. In this chapter, I, I think there's some of the most powerful verses on faith that exist in the entire Bible. Remember the scene, Nebuchadnezzar built a statue and he said, I want everyone to bow before it. And they said, no, we can't. And Nebuchadnezzar, he got furious. He pumped up the fire, he said, to seven times as hot. So that's really blazing hot. And he was furious with uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And he says, you bow or you burn if you think your God's bigger than me. And verse 16 is these incredible verses where they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, they showed respect and they said, look, we, we will not bow. We don't have to prove ourselves to you. Our God actually will save us. We know that. Now, whether he'll save us from burning or not, we don't know, but we put our trust in God and we will not bow down to you. I, I love this response because it's not some spiritual, uh, there's some, some spiritual know-it-all and saying we know exactly what God's going to do. I'm sure you bumped into people, I bumped into people who seem to always know exactly what God's going to say and do. They put their hands up and say, look, we, we know that God saves long-term, Short term, we're not sure, but we know long term, our future is secure in God. I love it. They didn't negotiate with God and say, well, God, you know, if you really love us and if you're really true, then you'll save us. Then it, well, you know, it became a negotiation thing with God and it didn't. They said, no, we're allowing God to be God. He is our God. You know, they, they didn't pull out some small print. I think sometimes can happen in our faith. You know, we're trusting God, trusting God. And then we hit this really tough spot and then small print as in, well, I trust God until this. Well, God, if you prove yourself, if you do this and they didn't have any small print, what they said is we don't have to test our God. We don't have to prove our God. We don't have to, our God doesn't have to prove himself to Nebuchadnezzar. He is God 
and we trust in him. Now, in some ways, that sounds a crazy faith, but actually it's what faith is about. They knew God's faithfulness in their everyday life. So at this point of crisis, God would still be faithful. See, this is how we stand in that firing line. Some of the challenges that you might be facing now it might not be a fiery furnace, but it's a really, really tough situation. We need to allow God to be God. Remember his faithfulness, the one you follow. Remember the one who you've been putting first in your everyday lives is the one who you can trust. Then comes, I think, one of the most stupidest questions in the entire chapter is they threw them in. Nebuchadnezzar is furious. They throw them in. Even the guards who threw them in died. I mean, that's horrendous. Um, but that's what happened. And then they said there was four of them walking in the furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar, here's the dumb question. He went, how many people did we throw in? You know, as, as though it's like an accounts question. Or, you know, what color was he wearing? I'm sure he had a green robe on. You know, I would be going... How in the world are they doing that? Who in the world is that? You know, who was that fourth person? Now, some scholars say it was an angel. Some say it was actually uh, um, Jesus before he came uh, in, in Matthew in the beginning of the New Testament. Now, whoever it was, but we do know it was God. See, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego knew that God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm a God who's with you. I am one who can be trusted. The one who they, they professed in, in verses 16, 17 and 18. We will trust him. We're going to allow him to be our God. Is he saved them? Now, the key thing isn't this miraculous miracle. Oh, that's incredible. But we need to see this faith. It's that trust that God holds us. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God, you are with me. See, standing firm is all about God. It's about us knowing who we're following. It's about us putting into practice him first, him first. And it's about saying, God, I want to trust that you are my God. I trust my life into your hands. And we, will it mean you're going to be saved from the situation you're facing? On the words of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, we don't know if God will save us from this fire, but we do know that we'll keep allowing him to be God. Let's just pray together. Father, I want to thank you that you are a God who, who is faithful. I thank you that, that you are a God who is personal. God, I want to thank you. You are a God who, who does walk with us and set ways out before us to walk. And you guide us and you give your, your Holy Spirit to walk with us. Father, I, I want to pray for those who are listening now. Father, is, is wherever they are, if they are facing that firing line, if they're facing an impossible situation at, at work or in family or in health, God, that they will stand firm by putting those things in place. Father, for the times when we've been distracted and followed other things, Father, other people, I'm sorry. Father, I pray that, that we might just be able to lift our eyes and focus on you. Father, we may be people who put you first. Father, we've been chasing other gods. God, again, we're sorry, and we want to just put your ways in first. And God, I pray that we will allow you to be God, for you are the one who can be trusted and does still change things. God, we bless you that these aren't just nice words, but these are the reality of a living, powerful, almighty, personal God. And I pray that your presence may be known as we stand firm 
as we live in this plan B. Father, just pray your blessing on each and every person in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining uh, us this morning and encourage you to keep contact with us, whether you want to write a message, a prayer request, or, or just give us a call. Keep connected, keep standing firm, and let's see more of God in all that we do.